Welcome to the first episode of True Fraud. My name is Pablo Torres, and I'm the head of risk and compliance at Reach. This podcast is to educate everyone about what's happening in the world, the new trends with fraud, and where we see things going. Today, we're going to talk about the access of data and how it's impacting people and how everyone seems to be either oblivious about it or they just they choose to ignore it. And I think it, it's so important to talk about this, this topic because there's this basic knowledge of, okay, somebody may have access to my information or my personal data and somebody may try to use that against me. Everyone has uh, kind of the, the, or runs with the basic protocol of protecting your PIN when you're making a purchase, uh, the POS, or if you're buy paying for gas, or if you are just even entering your password on anything and you're in a public space. There's, there's a lot of, I guess, lack of understanding of how to do this and maintain it and maybe even turning into part of like your your daily behavior or or what you do on a daily basis to protect your your own identity everyone thinks that you know if somebody steals my credit card information it probably happened when i was buying something at and then they have a vague idea of the shop and they may just not go back there what they don't understand is that if there was a shop that's doing something like that and they're cloning credit cards or they're grabbing, stealing your, your credit card information, they just think that, you know, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to report it to the cops and the cops are going to go to that shop and they're going to get shut down and they're going to get prosecuted. The majority of the times, to be honest, the cops, they don't care. If it's, you know, they, they might see it even as petty crime. Why? Because they're focusing on the people, like the, the really bad people. Smaller value transactions, it really is more your job as the civil, civilian to, um, to protect that, that side. In the end, everyone thinks the bank will cover it. The banks always go back to the merchant. So the banks will never lose money. I think that's super important that everyone realizes because when you're reporting a transaction from a shop that maybe you like and you think that they did something on your card and you're, you're filing a chargeback or a dispute for that payment, you're not affecting the bank. The bank will always take that money from the, the merchant. And if this is a, you know, one of your favorite shops, then you are helping contributing to that shop to go under. Now, if that, that shop is doing something illegitimate, then of course you should report it. And at some point it'll be big enough that there'll be a, an investigation going against it and you know that it'll probably get shut down and the people will get prosecuted. It's not something that just happens in the movies. It's very real. And because it's very real and it's very profitable and it's very attractive, then it's it's becoming and not some, not just something that I want to say, say it's a crime. This is an industry. It's a trillion dollar industry and it's, it's just going to keep growing right now. It's in the billions, but it, it will be, it will get to the, to the trillions. Um, there's, there's companies in some countries where this is what they do. This is their job. 
they they have a structure they have an hr department they have a you know like a cfo and a ceo and you know they they have a structure and they have the like kind of bottom of the line workers and then you have your executive officers and every, everything like that and that's what they do they just mine data or they they hack corporations in order to get ransom or in order to sell that that information there's there's groups out there that are solely focused on the ethics and and improving in their within their ideals the what's happening in the world and they'll target cer uh, certain type of corporations but that doesn't mean that everyone is doing that a lot of them will actually just try to gain access so they can sell all of that information nowadays there's so much information out there and i'm not even talking about passwords and emails i'm just talking data you listen on the news about all of these hacks that happen with these big companies, big corporations, banks, you name it. But then the ones that go unseen or unreported are all of these smaller shops where they don't even know that somebody else has access to it. Speaking of this, we can go into the mother load of hacks. Uh, <laughs> there was there, there were a few articles uh, that I was reading about uh, a few weeks back in regards to 26 billion records that were stolen. And this data originated from multiple other hacks that happened with other companies, some of them being LinkedIn, Twitter. There's some pretty big corporations that are involved in, in this, in this uh, compilation of data. This, it's not something that just happened, you know, in the last three, four, six months. It's something that has been going on for years. Somehow, one way or another, they got in, um, you know, it could be through their, the way that they, they handle the, the information, the data protocols, the way that they, they protect the data. It's not safe enough. Maybe there's uh, social engineering. Maybe, um, you know, somebody downloaded something into, into their computer at, from one of the, the, in one of the, the websites or the companies. There are so many ways, different ways of, of gaining access. This, this 26 billion record deal, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny in the way that, that information was already available before. Somebody just took the time to compile it, put it together, and they realized that, wow, this is massive. So the people that put it together are selling it, but also the people that initially got it are also selling it. So the chances for your credit card to be used because it was com comprised with, within that scope of data that that was just identified as a as a 26 billion records the chances statistically of your uh of your credit card being used just doubled right because now that information is being sold from different sources in different locations in different shapes and so i i always say this because it's it's kind of a funny uh statistic but there are so many credit cards right now out in the in the black market that it is more likely that your credit card will expire even if it was like if it was stolen like the credit card information if it was stolen it is more likely that it will expire before it gets used than it being used before it expires if that makes sense because there's so many and so we all know somebody that 
they had to call their bank because their card was compromised. But when you look at it from the, you know, the scope of the data that's available out there in the market, that's it's it is it's kind of a crazy thing to say. There's so many credit cards out there that it is more likely that your card will expire before it gets used. Now, with this new, you know, bubble of 26 billion records, somebody's kind of bringing that from, you know, a sort of a sleep mode, maybe a, a bit of a slower market that where that information maybe wasn't, that data wasn't moving as fast. And now it's just kind of somebody gave it a, a facelift and now they're reselling it. So again, the the chances of, of your personal information of getting bought by somebody that's going to try to do something with it is is greater. A lot of the times these these people will they'll buy it's not like they'll sell the information to one single person and then they they say okay that's that's the purchase then this information I'm going to put it on the side because somebody already bought it no they're going to sell the same records many times to as many people as they can cuz that's how they make the money whoever gets to use that credit card the first time or second time before it gets canceled then that's who's going to be making the money. I think people tend to think that this is not going to happen to them and it's not going to go beyond or past the point of I'm going to call my bank, cancel this card, and just enter the new credit card number to whatever I had it uh, registered. It's, it doesn't always stop there. Sometimes it gets a lot worse where... They're going to be able to access your social insurance number. They might be able to get a birth certificate. They might be able to then get a legitimate card or a legitimate driver's license. Or they might be able to apply for a store credit card, you know. When they do that, then they're creating a record of who they are. Like they're creating kind of like they could, they could create a combination of that character that they're creating with your personal information, create get a line of credit, get a credit card, grow it to a point where they can get uh, you know, $20,000 limit and then apply for a line of credit and because the, the credit score for, from that credit card is good, then they can get a line of credit and then from there, then they can just get a bigger line of credit and then cash out one day. Uh, some, some people, some bad actors will go as far as getting mortgages for multiple houses and then what happens? They just cash out one day and, you know, maybe it took them three, four years to, to get to this point. But then when they get all of that, when they cash out, they're getting $4 million, $3 million, you know, or maybe if your credit score is not that great, you know, it could be, it could affect them in one way or another. And maybe they're just cashing out with 900000 But in the meantime, you're going to get to a point where you're going to get collections. And they're going to go after you, and they're not just going to go after you. If you have a family, they're going to go after everything that's theirs, too. And it's going to affect them. And in the meantime, while the investigation happens, because you're going to report it, all of that money needs to be paid. The bank will need that money. They're not going to say, oh, we're so sorry that you're going through this. Don't worry about it. No, they'll say, we're sorry that you're going through this, but you have to pay us. You didn't protect your information. You didn't do your due diligence to protect this personal data. So get a password manager, get uh, 
do a check on on yourself. Do a, a, a credit check on yourself once a year. There's there's companies like uh, I think one of them is Credit Karma or something I've heard from a friend of mine. And and check yourself and see if there's maybe a new line of credit that you weren't aware of. It's kind of like when you're looking for bad software on your phone. How do you know to identify if you downloaded something bad on your iPhone? You know, if you're not a techie, then just look for the weird apps that maybe you haven't opened in a while and you don't know how they work. Sometimes those will include bugs that will give people access to your phone. And I mean, we know what our phones contain, everything, right? It's your, your life is there, everything. And so I, I think that's, that's very important to, for people to, to realize that, to understand the, the importance of, of protecting that information. Uh, it could happen to anyone. And so it's so important that when you're giving them your information, let's just come up with, with some sort of like, I guess, artificial uh, version of yourself, right? Think of how do I protect myself? Well, something that I do often, for example, is I'll never give my full name or I'll give a slightly different version of my name. Uh, if they need a, um, a date of birth, I'll give them a very a different date of birth. But it's one that I used maybe in multiple other websites so that I'm all, I always remember that I'm using this, right? This is like my virtual version of myself. And so I know that I'm not giving them my, my date of birth. And then if there's security questions, for example, don't answer them with something that I can go on your Facebook and realize that, oh, yeah, you were born in Ontario. Well, now I know that you... You know, if one of your security questions is where were you born, then I just go into your social media profile and figure out the name of your mom, the name of the street where you lived, because there's a photo of it. I can find it on Google Maps or there's so many ways of accessing that information. And then, bingo, I have access to your account. So if you create a, a sort of a fake virtual version of yourself when you're creating all of these different profiles, then use that one character. And, and stick to it because that person has no connection to you unless you start tying it to personal details of yourself. The other one is get a password manager. That's those, those, uh, this is a tool that, you know, as we're moving into talking about all of these websites that where you're giving them access to, <laughs> you know, like your credit card information and then you have to create this profile and then you have to set up a, a password, at least make it a little bit harder for the bad actors to get to. If you're going to be using the same password with just like a slight variation and maybe changing, you know, like exclamation mark one, exclamation mark two, or then you use, you run through the 10 numbers and then you use the next symbol on the keyboard. Holy smokes, don't. Please, this is, it, you know, it, it's kind of, it's one of the easiest things to, to identify. If you're using a single character and then they figure out the whole world, the, the word that you're using, and the one character, logically, by looking at the word, is an A, but it's a special character, it's an at. So that's, that's pretty easy to identify, right? And so if you're going to start doing this, then I, I would say spend the 50 bucks a year get a password manager and just in order for you to log into this password manager, just create a passphrase that's long enough, complicated enough, add details from your life that maybe nobody knows or a number that, you know, keeps popping in your head. 
that you've never used anywhere. I don't know. Make it hard for people to to get to you. Another thing, another tip, I guess, that, that I can give is when you're creating different email accounts, check regularly that that the backup email is still the is still the one that you set because sometimes the bad actors will gain access to your email account they'll change that email so that if for whatever reason you change your password they can get access to it again they then at least you're aware of it i have friends that you know they've gone years without checking it updating it and then one day they realize huh somebody else was looking at my email this this whole time check your check your uh, bank statements check for smaller transactions you know if if you see something that's 30 cents and you you don't remember making it but then you're like oh maybe it could be parking or it could be whatever you know it's maybe five bucks and it's not as as relevant don't brush it off Ask ask your bank, hey, what is this? I don't remember doing it. That's called a request for information. It doesn't affect anyone. It doesn't mean that the bank, the merchant is going to lose the money. You're just asking for more information. And the bank will contact the merchant, and they'll get an invoice, and then you'll see it and see, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I did spend five bucks on a cookie at that coffee shop. But maybe you'll see it and realize that, actually, no, I didn't do that. And then... You just realized that somebody that your credit card was stolen, like your your information of your credit card was stolen, and then they can uh, the bank will cancel it and issue a new one. I remember a few years ago, actually, Apple was dealing with a big. I, I don't want to say that it was one single group that was doing this, but these people figure out that they could just buy a song for thirty cents, and that was their way of verifying that the card hadn't been canceled because it was reported as uh, lost or stolen or something like that, right? Um, and so by placing that purchase, it's 30 cents. Nobody cares about 30 cents. You just kind of flip through it if you're going on through your bank statement on your phone or even if you're still checking the, the paper statement if you get it on the mail. Nobody cares about that. You go for the you know $200, $300, what is this? But when you see the 30 cents, and the, and these people, when they saw that the the card was good, then they went and targeted another merchant, where where they could get something uh, of higher value. Let's say that if your your records were available within those twenty six billion records that that were uh, that are available right now in the dark web, keep keep looking in your in your bank statements. Do that that credit check. Um, you know the the password manager change your passwords. Because if you haven't done it and your personal information is there with passwords, you changing them, you already added one more step for them to get to target you. These are things that really deter these kind of behaviors and it, it protects you and it just lets you kind of live a better quality of life, you know, without all, the, all that stress and, and hassles. So... Take the steps. I, I can't emphasize it enough, honestly. Everyone just thinks this is not going to ha- happen to me. But it has happened at least to somebody in your family, one of your neighbors, one of your friends. And that already is close enough to, to feel like it's hitting home. And it should, it should feel like that. 
brought to you by the Reach Network. Visit withreach.com/network for more.